And I think for a lot of people after a while, they say, you know what? You're not right. And this is a drag. And I'm, I'm tired of it. I've had it. And I know people like that. They say, I'm just tired of feeling guilty all the time. I'm, I'm out of here. Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bryan. This is a podcast containing content of people whose lives are addicted to the gospel of Jesus. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that the everlasting, ever-increasing joy of the never-boring, ever-satisfying Christ is ours freely and eternally by faith in the sin-forgiving death and the hope-giving resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bryan. I am a gospel addict, and I'm joined with Jim Reske. Do you want to say something, Jim? Yes, Greg, I do. My name is Jim Reske, and I'm a gospel addict. Christians struggle. Living the Christian life is a struggle. Mm -hmm. Jim, last time we talked about the issue of pride and how some people, at least in their own mind, are doing pretty well. Right. So they don't see the need for gospel-driven sanctification. They're good with just works-based righteousness. They're winning in that system. Right now, we want to discuss people that aren't winning at that system, which I think a lot of people fall into this category, and that is they just feel guilty. Yeah. You know, and they're miserable. Right. So, Jim, explain the objection and and why it's important. Yeah. So, uh, thanks, Greg. So, um, so last time we were talking about people that you know, you say rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, and they'll consistently say at the high end of the spectrum, nine, 9.5, whatever. And they're definitely those people. And that's what they're dealing with the sin of pride. And we talked about that last time. So they don't want to make the shift, like you just said. I think there are more people like this that are just saying, I, I, I believe it. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I am trying. I am trying, but I never feel like I'm succeeding. And this is the way I felt for a good chunk of my early Christian life. I believed it. I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to try. And I think a lot of people are out there like that. They're saying, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying my best, but I always feel bad and I always feel guilty. And I'm just miserable all the time. And part of it can be, you know, maybe someone listening to this, this podcast is a church leader and they're a spiritual leader for other people. Like, well, like you are, Greg, right? you know, and you say, I want to help the people that I'm responsible for grow as Christians and become stronger Christians. And if you're a leader and you, you have the single line approach. Oh, and if this is someone's first podcast, let me just, the, when you say the single line, the basic idea is if you're drawing a little graph of what the Christian life looks like and you, and you have this, this paradigm for the Christian life, it's like a single line, right? Where there's two axes and the horizontal axis is time and the vertical axis is holiness or righteousness. And in this way, they're drawing the Christian life. It's just a 45 degree angle that starts at the bottom left and goes up to the top right. And this, this way of thinking of the Christian life is very simple. The cross is right there at the base and it starts you off in the Christian life and the rest is all up to your hard work and effort. We keep calling it the single line paradigm. And I think it's pretty pervasive in the Christian life. But anyway, if you're a Christian leader, you say, well, I am trying to make them feel guilty. Doggone it. I'll do anything to help these people. So constantly, I'm trying to get the twos to become threes, and I'm trying to get the threes to become fours, and so on and so on. And if guilt works, hey, that's what I'm trying to do. And so a lot of us, like me, hearing and sitting in church hearing that, or my groups or whatever, 
I'd sit there and say, you're right, you're right, I should do more. I'm, you're right, you're so right. And I think for a lot of people after a while, they say, you know what, you're not right. And this is a drag and I'm, I'm tired of it. I've had it. And I know people like that. They say, I'm just tired of feeling guilty all the time. I'm, I'm out of here. I don't know if you have, Greg. Yeah. Well, I, I think we all feel this way. I think in a couple of episodes back, you talked about how you and your wife were having a conversation a number of years ago before you kind of discovered this and how you were like, this is too hard. Yeah. This is too hard. And, and I, I definitely have felt that through my Christian life. And my perspective on this is that is the default setting in our heart towards works and towards self, self-centeredness mm-hmm. and selfishness mm-hmm. is so strong that even when we truly come to know Christ for our salvation, you know, we embrace him that we just quickly go back to that default setting and end up right. on that line, like you said. And, and what's interesting, Jim, about this is I don't think that churches teach us this necessarily, that, that teach us the, the single line right. way. But I just feel like Christians, because that default setting is so strong, we just fall into it. And yeah. we could be going to a church that's preaching gospel-driven sanctification but we don't get it because we, we just, it's like, we're blind yeah. to uh, what, what that is and how it works. And so we just get yeah. stuck. No, and, that's why I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. And so we end up just, you know, feeling guilty all the time. And yeah. boy, I'll tell you what, nobody likes to feel guilty all the time. I mean, no, and well, I don't not, think I don't think Christ wants us to feel guilty all the time. No, and it's not sustainable. It's not, and it's not meant to be the driver of your Christian growth is guilt. It's, um, you know, I think there's a and there, there there is definitely conviction of the Holy Spirit, right? Where you say, as a Christian, you do sin, and you want, and the Holy Spirit comes along and says, you do, you did that bad thing back there, and you do need to repent, right? But that's different than wallowing in guilt. And the people I know that have kind of come to this, that have said, I'm sick of it and walk away, they'll say, look, it's psychologically unhealthy. Like, I mean, it's, it's depressing. It's, um, I can't go my whole life this way. I'm not going to do it. And, um, and I remember uh, just uh, uh, one person I know said, look, every time I go to church, they play that sappy music, right? And um, they just, they, they, the organ plays or, or whatever they're playing. And it's just, it's manipulative. They're trying to play on my emotions and make me feel bad. And I'm, and, and, and every time, and it works and I feel bad and I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. Yeah. And, um, and I just kind of had it. Um, so, um, and then someone else saying like, they're just, they're perfect. They're selling this stuff. Like, uh, like um, if you go to a bar, I heard this illustration, if you go to a bar, they put free salty peanuts on the, on the, on the bar. Because I want to sell yeah, you, you drinks. Drink more. Try. Yeah, they want to sell drinks. So the so Christianity saying, hey, you know, you got this sin problem. You're guilty, and you they're just trying to. It's just, it's just, that's a very um, cynical way of looking at. It. They're saying they're just trying to sell you their product. That's all, right? It is cynical, but that I mean, there's a lot of people that kind of fall into that. And if you're struggling, yeah, it, it's very easy to fall into that line of thinking. So what's the answer? Well, if you, if you stay on the single line, let's say you're, you know, like ministry, like you are, 
uh, and someone comes to you and says, I'm struggling with guilt. And let's say you're a single, your paradigm for the Christian life is that single line, right? And someone says, ah, you know, I'm struggling with guilt. Um, well, oftentimes the answer is, well, you should repent and try harder. You know, you're supposed to feel guilty. So go repent of that and try harder. And I remember talking to Christian once, talking about this roller coaster idea. Like, you know, they were frustrated. They said, is it really supposed to be this way where I feel bad and then I'm supposed to repent? And then I feel okay. I feel good. I feel forgiven. Then I feel good. But then I sin again. And then I feel bad. As if salvation was some kind of magical line, right? And so they kind of felt like I'm going above the line, then I'm going below the line, above the line, then below the line. And they actually used the word roller coaster. I said, is it really that kind of roller coaster is supposed to be that way? And they were sick of it because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm constantly up and down and it's wearying to my soul. I don't want to do it, you know? And it's not supposed to be that way, by the way. We're going to really deal with that when we get to the S of standing. And I'll, to give you people a preview now, the idea is that in Christianity, Christianity does not work that way. You don't go above and below this line of salvation when you sin. The whole doctrine of standing, which we'll, we'll spend a whole podcast on, is that when you become a Christian in Christ, you are declared righteous at that moment. You, God says, not because of you, are, you're not actually righteous, you're still a sinner, but I am declaring you righteous and your standing in me is 100% complete. It can't be, you cannot be any more righteous in God's eyes than you, than you, than you are at that moment. It's God declaring you righteous, right? Um, and, and, and what I found is the people that have kind of said, I'm tired of feeling guilty and I'm sick of it and walking away, they felt like they were never declared righteous. They're always declared guilty. They're always being declared guilty. And they said, and when they walk away, they're doing it, say, they're saying, I am, I'm not a sinner. I'm not bad. And oddly, what they've, what they've kind of pivoted to is a self-declaration. They're saying, I am just going to say, I am righteous. I'm declaring myself righteous. And it's not that surprising, Greg. That's, that's kind of what the world says. All, like, listen to pop songs, movies. That's the culture, right? Only you can forgive yourself. Let yourself off the hook. Go to counseling. Have someone say, oh, everyone does what you did. Don't feel so bad. Declare yourself righteous is the theology behind all of that right yeah right just That's very true just wave your hand and declare yourself righteous right and the, and, the, and the problem is it doesn't work the problem this is why people go in therapy for years this is why they're going to therapy and paying money to therapists and counselors because you know just you, you look when you've really blown it when you really are guilty right uh, and you know you're guilty you've done something really really bad and someone comes by, you know, you're paying a counselor, or just a friend, and whatever it says, oh, let yourself off the hook. Just act like it's not, like, it just doesn't work. It's, you can't absolve yourself, right? Um, and then what if you really are genuine? Like, there's the other problem. What if you are genuinely are guilty? Um, like, indulge me for a second. I just read this story this week. It was on my phone, one of those news feeds. It was a... Uh, um, real story. I don't know if it's real, but a guy, because <laughs> I just saw it on my phone, but a guy wrote in like a letter to the editor and he was saying, uh, like it was one of those advice columns, marriage right. advice. And he said, yep. uh, you know, um, I'm, my, my, my wife wants a divorce and I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm not going to pay her alimony and I'm not going to give her anything. I'm going to sue her for all she's worth because she was never good to me. And all she did was take care of our handicapped child our whole life and didn't take care of my needs. And the, the editor actually response was like, um, is this some kind of joke? I mean, he actually was saying like, 
are you baiting me to, you know, we get these letters once in a while where you're trying to make this up. But like, but he was saying is, no, you really should feel guilty. Like You really are a jerk, right? Yes. Yeah. So the, the idea of guilt, like there's, there is, so what you're saying is there is good guilt. What, what I'm saying, the, the one hand is to say, um, just to say I'm not a sinner doesn't work. It's ineffective, right? And then it's, it's just a denial of reality, right? Because we, look, the Bible's true. We genuinely are sinners. We do bad things, right? And I start, people say it's unhealthy psychologically to wallow in guilt, right? I'd say it's unhealthy to live in denial of that reality all the time. Like that guy in that letter, he was really a jerk. He really should feel guilty. And for him to say, I, the problem here is her, you know, and I want affirmation from the letter to the editor to, to, to tell me that I don't have to pay your alimony or something. Was there more I, to his response? No, that was, he wrote it and said, no, you are absolutely wrong here. <laughs> Actually, so it was funny because it, it was not a Christian publication. It was just, uh, you know, like I said, I read, read it on my phone. But even he could say, you are morally wrong. You should absolutely pay, you know, and you should, you know, she should actually get, get everything. It was pretty clear. Um, he was, uh, you know, he was not affirming that guy's and helping him declare himself righteous. He said, no, you, you, he should have gone on and said, you, what you need is wholesale forgiveness, right? Because you, you need to repent and get forgiveness. So let's uh, pivot to what is the, what is the answer? So here, here's the thing. And for a couple of these podcasts, we've been talking about this notion of being a, ranking yourself in a scale of one to 10, which is a very single line way of thinking of your life, right? I'm a seven, I'm an eight, I'm a nine or a 10. And this is, this is the real key to get past this problem of guilt and understand it. The, the real answer is that um, I'm not a two or a, a seven or, or a nine. I am a zero and a 10 at exactly the same time. That's the key. And visually, if we had this on a screen, I'd show the two-line illustration with the one line going down that represents my growing awareness of my sin, and the one line that's going up, which represents my growing awareness of God's holiness. And you, you know, time, as it goes across from left to right, cuts across both those lines simultaneously, right? And this is the notion of it standing, which we just talked about. In his eyes, right now, I am a 10. I'm not a nine. I'm not on the waiting, you know, waiting. I'm an eight, eight with it, it, it. In his eyes, I am a 10 right now. But in my actuality, in my flesh, in my sin, I am a complete zero at the same moment. And it's, um, we are justified sinners. Then this, uh, we, we did mention this, I think, in one of the early podcasts, we gave the quick overview of the S's, the Latin phrase that Luther had for this, Martin Luther had, simul justus et peccator simultaneously um, uh, a sinner and, uh, uh, and uh, righteous at, this, at the same time. Powerful concept there. So what about, um, what are some, you know, what's the biblical foundation for what we're talking about here? Yeah, so to get this idea of, you know, zero and 10 at the same time, which I, I think is the key to the guilt problem. Right. I think the key to the guilt problem, because the guilt problem is when you say, uh, I get the downward line, I'm focused on that, but you're not thinking about the upward line. You're not thinking about his righteousness, his holiness, and how God has God has given all that to you in salvation, right? 
you're just focused on one or the other. And so you're not getting the gospel, you're not getting gospel driven change. You're still thinking of the old paradigm as I'm a two, I'm trying to become a three, right? So that's the zero 10 thing is critical to overcoming guilt in the Christian life. Yes, you're a sinner. You are, you absolutely are. Repent of that stuff. Stop doing that stuff. But in his eyes, you're a 10 at the same time. So one verse that's really great for this is Titus um, three verses four through seven. I don't know. Do you have it handy? If you don't, I can read it. I think I have it here. Okay. It says, but when his kindness, but when the kindness and love of our savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing and renewal by the Holy spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Such great words. This, great is, uh, this is a great passage. This is why I believe the Bible, Greg, because I hear those words and my soul just leaps inside of me. It's, uh, it's so great. You know, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit whom he poured on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He gave, he has given us that standing. He is not, and it says right here in the passage in verse five, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done. It's not our effort at all. It's all given to us, right? But we genuinely actually are unrighteous. Actually, and if we had time to go through the whole rest of the book of Titus, Titus has a lot of prescriptions, a lot of things that you should be doing that you're not doing. So there's a lot of things that you are, you're, you right now, you are not generally righteous. You are a sinner, right? Um, you are a zero right now. You have no standing of your own, in your own flesh, right? But in his eyes, a complete 10. And then how does Psalm 51 tie into this? So Psalm 51 is one of the great um, Psalms, um, in the, one of the greatest in the entire book of Psalms. So this is the Psalm that David writes after he's, fallen from grace and had a horrible transgression with Bathsheba. So for those of you who might not know this story, it's it's worth you know Googling and looking up and digging up your, a Bible and taking a look at. But David is venerated as the ultimate king of Israel. He is, um, you know, uh, we, as Christians, we say Jesus comes from the line of David, right? Um, David was the ultimate king, but David has a horrible episode in his life where he commits adultery with um, a married woman and then has the husband killed. And for a while there, he is in complete denial of it. He goes around like nothing happened. And by the way, he had done it in kind of a, he used the army to kill the guy. So he'd done it in a way that everybody in the kingdom knew. And he acted like he hadn't done anything. And it's shocking because you would say, how could you not know? You had, you, 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 you had um, uh, an affair with this woman and then you killed her husband. And there's a, a very moving story, I'll make it really short, where one of the prophets named Nathan comes to him, tells him a very moving story about a rich, rich uh, person who had all kinds of herds and um, but had a visitor coming from out of town. And instead of taking one of his own sheep and prepare, using that to prepare dinner, took a little lamb from some poor person who only had that one lamb and loved that lamb like his daughter. And the rich man took that lamb and slaughtered it and fed it to his guests for dinner. And David's blood boils and says, this is wicked. That man should die. And you remember what Nathan says to him? You are the man. You are the man. You are the man. <laughs> you are the man. And it's this incredible, great story of instant awareness of sin. It's exactly what we've been talking about. David is 
taken his lower line, his downward line, and moved it up and said, I'm fine, I'm not a sinner. When it was obvious, he should have known. It took this story from Nathan the prophet to come by and say, you are the man. And he could have said, I, I'm the man. Oh, I'm the man. Oh, oh yeah, he's, I'm the king. And off with your head is what he could have said. But instead, he writes Psalm 51. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Right? So a couple of the verses, he says, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you, speaking to God, right. you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are right when you in your verdict and justified when you judge then i acknowledge my iniquity and my sin and i did not hide it and then he asked to restore unto him the joy of his salvation and, and so this is a great maybe it's a good way to end Greg, because this really wraps it up perfectly because what he's saying is i started by saying people say i'm tired of feeling guilty and i think there's a lot of christians like that and they're saying it's not psychologically healthy and this de denial of that sin is not healthy either but this is david saying i know my transgressions and my sin is always before me he is not in denial he is very in touch with reality he says i am absolutely a sinner i know i am but so he's saying i'm a zero okay but in that verse you just read verse 12 he talks restore to me the joy of thy salvation and he knows that he's completely saved and that gives them complete joy. And so it's, bo it's both at the same time. I'm a zero in, in, in my actual performance is a zero, but my standing in his eyes is a 10. And that gives me complete and utter joy. And I ask you then, well, which is healthier, right? To be in denial of that and say, I'm going to declare myself righteous. I'm not guilty of anything. Like that guy who wrote the letter, right? he said, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not guilty of anything. Is that psychologically healthy? Or to acknowledge it, accept that free gift, take the forgiveness, understand where you stand that you're a zero and a 10 at the same time and walk with Jesus. I think that's a perfect way to end. So Jim, where are we going to go the next time? We're going to pick back up with the S's. Which one are we going to talk about? I don't know. We've been talking about standing a lot. Maybe we should jump right back into standing. And there are a couple more objections, by the way, I keep thinking about, because you talk about this stuff enough and you hear, you hear them. So we can go back, maybe jump around, do some more objections too, but standing is a good one. Maybe we should dwell on that a little longer. Hey, thanks for listening to the Gospel Attic Podcast. Stay tuned for an, another episode coming. Hope you can join us again. Take care.